Hi guys, welcome back to Let's Get After It. I'm Sydney Pendergast, joined with co-host Elise Khalifa. Hi Sydney, how are you? Hi, I'm good. It's a little chilly out. It is very chilly out. Yeah. Um, I don't have a ton to promo for launch night right now because we're actually like getting to the end of the semester, which is kind of crazy. Shoot, I don't want to think about it. I know. Um, but with that being said, kind of excited for it too. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. I need a break. <laughs> Almost there. Almost, Almost there. Almost there. Yeah. How are you? I'm good. A little sleepy. Yeah. I feel like EP? this whole week has the missile is EP. The missile is EP. <laughs> yeah. The cold started. My energy levels depleted. Yeah. I don't know. That sounded like you were about to like spit out some bars. <laughs> <laughs> Not today. <laughs> Next time. Not today. You're the DJ here. Yeah. Soon to be. <laughs> That's my aspiration in life. <laughs> New venture. <laughs> um, well, thank you for sharing. <laughs> thank you for asking. Yeah. Yeah. Well, before we ask our guest here how she is today, um, I just want to introduce her a little bit. Um, so we're here joined with Caitlin Phillips, who is one of our student entrepreneurs, also a student employee. Um, she's also been on the podcast before, but she like lives so many lives, has so many hats. <laughs> so like, let's bring her back. Um, so, but this is our first returning guest. Like, how Woo-hoo. crazy! We've been so, going for so long. Yeah, I know. Oh my gosh, I know. Um, Wild. But now, like, you have like a new venture. Like, you're just getting after all the time. Yeah. Um, so, like, how are you today? I'm great. Thank you for having me back. Oh I'm so honored to be yeah. the first returning guest. I feel like we need so many episodes with you just yeah. based on all the lives that you've lived. Like, it's so insane. Like, I love hearing your Caitlin story. Like, I literally am, like, sitting there. Like, I feel like I have, like, a tea. Like, I'm just, like, <laughs> yeah. mm, like And it's never next? what you expect. It's different every time. Like, I don't know. There was one where you did, like, a, a you were dancing. Like, something. Yeah. Like, I was just, like, I used wow. to be, like, kind of a professional dancer. Which is, like, wow. So. And a professional actor. Yeah. And a cheerleader. Short-lived, but yeah. But she did it all. And then, like, you, I don't know. I'm so taken aback every single time. I'm like, wow. (laughs) Like, Caitlin, like, you're just, like, living every life. Thank you. You have so many hats. Thank you, you. too. Tell us a little bit about yourself, like, outside of the business world. Let's hear about Caitlin. Of course. Well, my name's Caitlin. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) With a K. With a K. Not with a C. That's one of my biggest pet peeves. That's something you need to know. K-A-I-T-L-Y-N. Yeah period (laughs) and that's on period um i am a cancer sun capricorn rising (laughs) cancer moon okay so as you can tell i'm very emotional and also a bit of a workaholic which is why i have so many things going on so many businesses so many ventures so many lives so many lives yeah yeah um love fashion makeup crochet you of course. Yeah. yeah. We're going to talk about that later, I'm sure. Oh. Yes. Um, <laughs> I feel like every day Caitlin comes in with such a cute outfit. Oh my gosh, yeah. And like it's so many different like, styles that, that you sweater. mix and mash together oh, too. Thank you. Gorge. Yeah, and you like make half of it. So I know. I am, <laughs> it just like, like adds another level. It's insane. Every single time I'm like, "Wow, that's like really cute." I was like, "You just did that yourself?" <laughs> I was like, "Oh, you have talent?" Oh, you have talent. Crazy. What's that like? <laughs> Thank you, guys. I mean, I couldn't run a podcast, though. So there's your talent. Podcasting's for everybody. (laughs) It's you could. You could if you tried, you know. 
yeah you just get it. well you're basically podcasting you're just a guest yeah yeah you have an advisor and a mentor right here sydney can help you an advisor <laughs> yeah well i've never been an advisor you totally could be podcasting oh, advisor stop. that's so nice thanks guys <laughs> Um, so, like, let's dive in mm-hmm. to just, like, how you started with LaunchNet. Like, you were just running Technicolor. Yes. Um, but now you're the fine founder of High & Hook. Uh, so why the change? Like, why the transition? Um, of course. Could you, like, dive into that? Yeah. So for those listeners who haven't listened to my previous episode <laughs> um, from season one, because we have seasons now. Yeah, yeah we do. We're so professional, guys. Um, but of course, of course, I'm a, the biggest fan. Oh, stop. That means yeah. a lot. Um, but yeah, previously, um, around this time last year, I was working on a venture called Technicolor. Um, this was a part of my degree program. I did my undergraduate degree in entrepreneurship, and we were required as a part of that program to create a business. Um, and generate revenue by the end of our undergraduate experience. So oh, I didn't realize the revenue was part of it. Oh, yeah. That's insane. Wow. Yeah. That's okay. scary. People did that in different ways um, um, through funding. Like if you earn mm, like okay. competition money, that could be counted. Um, but yeah, they wanted us to kind of walk out of the program being true entrepreneurs oh, and not cool. just like having an idea and yeah. not doing okay. anything with it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, my first idea was Technicolor, which made matching pet human clothing. So an outfit for you, an outfit for your pets. Um, very cute in theory, still yeah, love yeah. the idea and would definitely <laughs> want to like revisit it someday. Um, but towards the end of last year, around December, I kind of was just hitting a bunch of roadblocks with production, finding a supplier that would be able to create these pieces that I really wanted to be able to create. Um, and I pivoted a lot. Initially, the collection was going to be knitwear. Then I pivoted to traditional fabric. And then the more I kept pivoting, um, pivoting is a very good thing to do as an entrepreneur, but at the same time, I felt like I was straying too far from what the original idea was. So I sat down with my professor, and I was like, hey, I kind of started this side hustle back in October of last year. Um, And I think that this is something that's more achievable for me to be able to generate revenue by the end of my undergraduate career. Um, And I think I can build this business more in these coming months than I've been able to with Technicolor like these past two semesters. So um, she supported my switch. Thank you, Mary Heidler. (laughs) Shout Shout out out to Mary. Mary. (laughs) Shout out to Mary. (laughs) Wouldn't be here without her. Definitely. But yeah, she supported my switch. So that's kind of how High and Hook came to be. As I mentioned, I started this um, business last October. So we just turned a year old, <gasps> which is very exciting. Congrats. That's so Thank cute. you. Yeah. Um, and then from there, it was really that December over winter break where I started to put all of my energy and focus onto this to really turn it from a side hustle into what it is now, which is something that I work on every single day and something that I'm constantly developing and creating new ideas for. Yeah, very quickly, we know what High and Hook is, but I don't think you've like explicitly said yet what exactly the business is. Of course, so High and Hook is my business. 
Um, I founded it to use crochet as a method to create products and crochet patterns inspired by pop culture moments and current fashion trends, really things to make people nostalgic and things that people can relate to. Um, so as I mentioned, I do some physical products um, that are crocheted, but my main focus is on patterns. So what a crochet pattern is, is it's basically instructions for people who know how to crochet already to make one of my designs. So yeah, I, nice. I just write the instructions for that. Okay, cool. <laughs> cool. Maybe I should try it one day, but I don't know how to crochet. That's okay. You There's can take tutorials. A little I'll, YouTube tutorial. Yeah, I'll Definitely. look it up. That's we how just, I taught myself. So We just need like just like a workshop of just Caitlin being like, okay, you did this, <laughs> so you did this. And I'll be like, you a crochet workshop. I need to make my own clothes. Like, I need to figure it out. Mm. <laughs> need to stop spending money on clothes. <laughs> yeah. How did you get into crochet? Yeah. Ooh. So that's kind of a loaded question. Because um, I want to, okay, I would say that like my first ever experience with crochet was probably when I was really, when I was a lot younger, probably like 13, Ooh. 12, that age. Okay. Um, initially, I started knitting first. Mm -hmm. So there is a difference for yeah. people who don't know the difference. Wait, what is the difference? Sorry. I don't know. No, of course. It's a great question. <laughs> yeah. Knitting uses needles to kind of like weave the yarn together. Okay. Whereas crochet uses a hook to more so like not the yarn. Oh, okay. So it's just a difference in terms of like what you're doing with the yarn and what tools you use. Um, but yeah, both are like fiber arts crafts. Yeah. So cool. Yeah, there's a little bit of like overlap in the communities, I would say. Mm -hmm. But I started knitting first. Couldn't tell you why. <laughs> I don't know. I was 10 years old and I was 10? just like, yeah. Wow. I just started like no one in my family knew how to knit. I just started looking up like YouTube tutorials and my parents thought it was the weirdest thing for a 10-year-old to get into. <laughs> but they were supportive. They bought me books and they bought me yarn and all the supplies I needed. So, yeah, I that was my first introduction to fiber arts and making things. I was really into making stuffed animals back in the day. Cute. Oh, that's so fun. Um, yeah. So then from there, the next step from that was kind of getting into crochet. Um, which I tried a couple times throughout the years around when I was like 12 and 13. I couldn't do it though. I thought it was so difficult. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. For some reason, I was like, this is the worst. I can't do this. I don't yeah. know how people do this. Yeah. Um, so then as I like became a teenager and was growing up, I kind of like fell out of it. I started becoming interested in like other things um, like music. I was really into makeup at the mm -hmm. time. Makeup is kind of one of, even before like I got into fiber arts, that was my first like form of artistic exp expression that mm -hmm. I really gravitated towards. And that's still, as you guys know, something that has like stuck with me yeah. throughout the years. Um, I do some makeup freelancing on the side, but circling back to crochet, <laughs> not to get too off topic. <laughs> um, yeah, I kept knitting throughout the years, kind of, occasionally. Mm -hmm. um, but it was just something I kind of fell out of touch with. Then when the pandemic happened, I, I really got back into knitting. And then I was like, maybe I should give crochet another shot mm -hmm. and see if I can pick it up this time. And I don't know what happened, but something in my brain clicked. And I was like, this is actually really easy. And nice. I don't know why I was struggling with it so much before. <laughs> so that happened in around 2020. And then from there, I just kept like building up my skill set, following tutorials, 
um, slowly increasing the difficulty of my projects that I was doing. And then probably around in like 2022, um, I started like designing some of my own patterns and I was like, okay, I think I'm comfortable enough with this now. I'm at such advanced like a level now that I can actually start making my own things. So that's kind of just what happened from there. And then very cool. I started my business, got in with the community, yeah. started like releasing those patterns and the rest is history, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And you're only going up from there. Oh, no, literally. Yeah. Um, so you were talking about how you created your own pattern designs. Like where do you get your inspiration from that? Literally everywhere. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. Like literally everything. I've been inspired by the weirdest like things. Um, do, do tell. Yeah, as I do tell. Yeah, yeah, as I mentioned, pop culture is a huge inspiration for me. Yeah, um, and kind of like current trends that are going on in fashion. So, hmm, yeah, market bags and things like that, like mesh mm-hmm. bags, mm-hmm. were big things. So I released my astrotote around that time to kind of like capitalize yeah. on that trend and they were so cute yeah that so one's like your best seller right oh by a large margin yes Shoot. Very nice. definitely my best they're seller. so gorge thank they're you very cute i own one you I own the original it. one Whoa, i do that's so insane yeah i love it shoot i need to get myself one yeah Dang that's it. the story behind it is alize commissioned a bag for me and that was oh. the first astrotote to ever exist oh my god and then from there i made the pattern out of it Whoa. I feel so special. You should. You should feel special. Yeah. <laughs> wow. You basically helped that inspiration. Yeah. That's what I'm here for. No, absolutely. <laughs> um, but then there's, like, other more niche things that I get inspired by. Like, mm-hmm. my Etch sweater is just inspired by Etch sketches. Yeah. Oh, that one's that's so, so cute. cute. I'm yeah. just like, that's so creative. And it's so customizable. Oh, my gosh. It's yeah. insane. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Just, I love seeing everything. Like, the one that was, like, the TV thing or whatever. Yeah. That one's so cool, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Thank you. <laughs> I'm just like, everything. Cindy's just fangirling I am. over here. <laughs> I'm like, everything that, like, Caitlin wears, like, every day, I'm like, wow, that's, like, really cool. <laughs> just, like, an everyday thing. And I'm like, dang it. I agree. You also have this, like, guys. goose sweater that you <gasps> that made, one. and the goose oh. bag. Yeah, the goose bag. Is, yeah. That one's so cute. With the So cute. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Can't take credit <laughs> like, for that. I don't those. know how to, like, describe it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I got you from the yeah. hand motion. Yeah, got it. Very descriptive hand motion. Yeah, no. <laughs> if, if you guys could hear my hand motions, then you would get it. <laughs> you would know. But it's cool because, like, within this community, you can create your own designs, but you guys are also very, like, close-knit in the fact that you're like sharing patterns and you're like testing out patterns so you get to make fun yeah. products throughout that process. Yeah, no, a lot of the stuff that I wear on a regular basis, it's it's really hard and it's time consuming to make patterns. So mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff that I wear is stuff that I've made in like pattern tests or um, things that I made a few years ago, patterns that I bought when I was still like kind of learning how to crochet mm-hmm. and like coming into the craft, um, like the, the goose bag. Yeah. Um, can't take credit for that one. That, that one is not my original design. Still but gorge. Yeah, that's a pattern that I bought and I followed and I made the bag. Um, the same with the duck sweater. That's mm-hmm. by a creator called Made in the Moment, mm. who's very, very popular. I'm sure if oh. any crochet people listen to this, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, Made in the Moment. <laughs> very yeah. cool. So. Um, so kind of talking about like how you've connected with these different creators, your social media following 
has grown tremendously like since you started you have over seven thousand followers now just like within this short like one year span Mm -hmm. how did you kind of cultivate that community and grow that following oh ah man that's a hard question because it's like (laughs) i don't know I, i don't even think i realized it in the time that it was happening like just how tremendously um the growth was happening but my journey with that basically was approaching it from a very like organic perspective. Um, like with some of my cohort in my entrepreneurship undergrad, they would go and purchase followers like for their Instagrams and oh. stuff. Tea. <laughs> like <laughs> I don't mean it in a bad way because it was like um, that's insane though. Like buying followers. Yeah, yeah. But um, it was just because they had certain kinds of businesses. Like the, the one guy in my undergrad, he was doing like a car and automobile related business. Right. And those kinds of businesses, they need like thousands and thousands of followers to just establish credibility right. in order to even get their first sales. But they're fake though, aren't yeah. they? They are, but it's kind of a common thing in that industry, to my knowledge, oh, to, to actually interesting. do that. But it's like, why buy followers? Because then you won't get engagement. Unless you go just buy. I guess if people are know. just like quickly looking at your page for credibility, they won't yeah. like check to see. Right. I, I think guess. that was the. But then point. it's like not even credible because you just bought followers. Yeah. Yeah. I it's guess controversial for it. sure. Yeah, yeah, they like see a big number and they're like, oh, okay, that's legit. Yeah. yeah. But it's like you don't even like they could have like twelve followers and then get like one like per post, mm-hmm. but it could be like in reality like that's like what it is or they they could buy them and it could be like 10,000 like that's so weird yeah mm-hmm. I don't know definitely a loaded topic for yeah sure. yeah like that's like tea for sure yeah so <laughs> did you do that I did not <laughs> um I did not no shade I can't judge people who have done that because maybe it does work for their business and their business model no shade no tea um yeah but, I'm but yeah personally <laughs> Like, for people who would want to start, like, a crochet pattern business, that's something very niche. Like, you have to target um, crocheters, first of all, who are on Instagram and who, like, are kind of in that community already. Mm -hmm. So things like buying followers and things like also paid advertising on Instagram, it's not worth it just to buy. I've never Mm -hmm. bought advertising because um, that kind of thing can be worth it if you're selling physical products. I have seen some crocheters like be successful from doing that. Mm-hmm. But if you're selling patterns, you really need to tap into that community who's willing to buy patterns, which Instagram ads aren't going to do that for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so the re- really the only way to grow is quite organically. Right. And it's a little bit of a combination of just like pure luck and also just like knowing your market and tapping into it well. How I got started was... Um, I just started like posting on my account, kind of showing people what I could do, following these other crocheters. Um, I specifically followed a lot of people who were small creators like me, mm-hmm. who had like under like 500 followers or under 100 followers, because um, typically they're more willing to follow like a smaller creator like right. myself because we have that in common. Right. Um, and then doing pattern tests. Pattern tests are something like super super specific to fiber arts. Um, I really haven't seen, like, an equivalent in any other industry Mm -hmm. so far. Um, But basically, if you don't know, a pattern test is, let's say, I have designed a new pattern. 
Um, it's not out for sale yet, mm -hmm. but I want to test it and make sure that it's like good and people can follow the instructions well before I actually release it for sale. So I'll post the creation on my Instagram. I'll post a Google form link with it. Mm. Um, and then other crocheters with crochet accounts can apply to be a tester. Oh. Um, and then I'll select a handful of those applicants. Um, I'll give them the pattern for free. And in return, they will help me promote it and market it. And they'll also provide me feedback and tester images on how like I can improve the pattern before I actually release it to the public. That's so nice. smart. So you get some like content out of that yeah. too for your yeah. page. No, it's great marketing. Yeah. It's like a fantastic system to collaborate with other people in the community and mm -hmm. get your own account out there. You're also helping that account out in the process because mm -hmm. you're exposing them to your followers. Yeah. So it's really awesome. The whole community is like very, very collaborative. Yeah, seems so like I, it. Yeah, I've done about like gosh I want to say like 16 or 17 of those Ooh, that's really cool yeah this sweater I'm wearing right now is from a pattern test I did actually that's the so mushroom cute. sweater yes the mushroom oh it's so cute very cute I wish well, you guys could see it but unfortunately we'll get some photos yeah, yeah. Instagram. check <laughs> oh, our Instagram sure. <laughs> yeah people are Instagram launch that underscore KSU <laughs> they're incredible guys you should you should yeah. check them out anyways um anyways. I also love how like customizable crochet is because oh, yeah, I feel definitely. like with a lot of the patterns that like we see you testing and working on at the office mm -hmm. also mixed with your own like you kind of like there's a lot of leeway for the creator to be like oh I want this type of mushroom for example on my sweater yeah. or I want this design on my etch-a-sketch yeah oh you're so right um with a lot of like crochet honestly you can always customize things like the colors and stuff. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that that's really built into it for the person who's making the piece. Um, a lot of co like crochet clothing also is like made to measure custom sizing. Oh yeah. So what made to measure means is there's no like sizes like extra small, small, medium, etc. You take your own measurements and you measure it oh. exactly to your body. So oh, nice. So you can scale the design however you yeah. need to. Yeah, not all patterns are like that. I make all of my patterns like that because I think it's just better and more size inclusive right, for yeah. people. Um, but yeah, many crocheters do things like that. And if they don't, they do have like an extended range of sizes usually Ooh, nice. um, that are like pre-made. So you cool. can just find the closest one to you. Cool. Um, but as, uh, in terms of like customability, that's something I always try and implement in my own patterns like with the the etch -a sketch the etch -a sweater mm -hmm. um that one has i believe gosh i can't even remember like seven different designs that come with it oh wow nice um and then there's a blank like etch -a sketch screen mm -hmm. so the crocheter can actually design their own design on the oh, etch -a sketch cool. screen so are there any like unique ones that you've seen people do oh totally my testers for that one the people who i had test my pattern mm -hmm. Um, one person did a ball of yarn that was so cute. Oh, I loved that's it. clever. It was so clever. Ball of yarn. Yeah. yeah, and I was like, I could never have figured out how to do that and make it look like a ball of yarn. Oh. Like, I'm not that artistic. Yeah, how do you, <laughs> wait, how do you make it look like a ball of yarn? Do you have oh. a photo? I do have a photo. I'll Sorry. Sorry to the listeners. Sorry to the listeners. Because <laughs> no, I, like, okay. want to see what it looks like. Yeah. Well, I don't really have internet in here. Oh, so. oh wait, it. it's loading, it's loading. <gasps> Slowly. Oh, but the while suspense. I'm while I'm getting this, the other one that a tester did 
was a house that was really cute. Oh, cute. this was the ball of yarn. Oh, oh wow, that's really cool. You can like see the individual strings and stuff yeah. too. Like, how do you make? Yeah. How do you do that? That's clever. Um, Mine would just be like a rock. <laughs> <laughs> I made a circle. <laughs> like, yeah, really. Crochet that's like so this. Cool. It's all on like a graph. Um. So yeah, like a grid. Right. With squares, and you fill them in, and mm-hmm. then you crochet according to the grid. Bad explanation, but I mean, you kind of get it. It makes it easy to follow, yeah. though. Yeah. yeah, but still, I could not have figured out how to do that. Oh, no, me neither. And then. <laughs> As a fat crochet. <laughs> <laughs> not yet. Th- this was the house. That oh, is that's so cute. cute. Yeah. Uh, I love seeing the different colors, me and like, too. especially mm-hmm. on your um, interlock top. Yeah. I saw the pattern testers that, like, the ones they created. And the mixes of colors that they did with that. I know. So good. So much better than anything I could have done. <laughs> well, no, I wouldn't say that. But like, <laughs> no, I'm so serious. Like, Just like the color palettes were so intriguing. Yeah. They were. Sometimes my testers outdo me and I'm like, you know Dang what? It. Serve. <laughs> good Honestly, for you. But also yeah. good on you for picking those people. Right. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Test- testers are so helpful to the process. Like they're really integral and I don't know. My my patterns wouldn't be able to be released without them. So yeah, thank you to all shout of my, out to like, the testers. Shout yeah, out testers. Like the thirty, like forty plus people that have yeah. tested for me before. Yeah, nice. well that's awesome. So basically, we've just seen like your business like mm-hmm. over this year grow just exponentially. So where do you see it in the future? Like where do you want this to go? Okay, a few different directions. Oh okay. So um. As you guys probably know, I'm planning a scale up into the planner um, and journal industry. I want to utilize my own um, entrepreneurial expertise, my formal education in business, Mm -hmm. as well as my experience in like the craft economy and the crocheting industry to create a tool that um, crafting entrepreneurs can use every single day to support them in their business, um, and just kind of teach them the ropes of right. like running their business, how to do it efficiently, how to organize things, yeah. handle yeah. things like goal setting, finances, yeah. product production, all of that good stuff. Um, so my idea is to put that in a planner format. So it's like a, it's like a daily planner, but it's also got some info sections right. on things like marketing, finances, like, you know, the business model canvas, all of those good entrepreneurial tools That's that we so use. That's so helpful as you're starting yeah. up. Because, like, it, yeah. it can be overwhelming. Like, you don't know where to go. You don't know what to do. So yeah. having that, like, nice, compact, concise It's like a master yeah. class just, like, put into, like, yeah. a journal. Yeah, that's the idea for sure. That's and I so think, cool. Yeah, a lot of people who are Etsy sellers and who have these yeah. craft businesses, they don't necessarily have that formal business education to right. support them. So that's my goal with it. And hopefully we can, very cool. in doing that, destigmatize the crafting industry as a whole because oftentimes it's equated to just like oh busy work or oh it's just like a women's craft or something like that which is so So. not the case yeah like it's a full-fledged business here guys (laughs) no yeah and that's um that's really what I care about because it's upsetting to see people dismiss it yeah yeah. as just something that's like well and you also just like give such great advice like I've just like all of your yeah. venture meetings like you just know what to say like oh. you've been through it Thank and you, you like know what to tell people um so like I want to also talk about that because like you just yeah. have all your meetings with all these yeah your role at LaunchNet yeah like okay. different role like as a grad 
student, I guess. Like, yeah. Um, so I think we touched on it in the beginning, mm-hmm. but as Sydney mentioned, I am a graduate assistant yeah. at LaunchNet. Um, I first started working at LaunchNet last July. Um, initially, I was still in my undergrad back then. I started out as just a part-time student employee mm-hmm. where my main responsibility was handling um, new clients that came in. I would do the advising. Mm-hmm. So advising at LaunchNet, what that looks like is we're basically going to sit down with you Talk about where you're at in your entrepreneurial journey because we um, can help you if you just have an idea or you have a revenue generating business already and want to know where to go from here. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe sometimes I've even gotten clients who are just like, I don't really know what I want to do yet, <laughs> but I know I want to do something. <laughs> yeah. Um, All valid stages to be in. Absolutely. Yeah. Wherever you're at, um, we can help you. We can help you out with that. Right. So. Um, We're just going to sit down with you in that process, talk to you about where you are, what your goals are, um, what immediate things we can help you with, Mm -hmm. um, and give you appropriate resources necessary to execute those goals or refer you to connections, just things like that, things to help you with your business. Um, So that was my initial position at LaunchNet. Then recently, this past July, again. Because um, you graduated. I did graduate. I graduated back in May with a bachelor's in entrepreneurship and a minor in Japanese. Yeah. Very exciting. Um, but I was a combined MBA student at the time. So immediately after graduating, I actually didn't stop being a student. Oh, I was still a grad right student. Back to it. <laughs> Pretty much. The grind literally never stops. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was like right into summer classes afterwards. Oh, no. Nah, but it, it, it was okay. I'm enjoying my <laughs> program so far. For the like most everything's part. fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then after that, um, quite coincidentally um, and serendipitously, Ooh. I guess, <laughs> LaunchNet was um, offering its first graduate assistantship. <laughs> and I was like, oh, Whoa. it's too good to be true. No way. You're like, I'm a grad. You guys, this actually was a coincidence. <laughs> it was I a do coincidence. Want to say, like, yes, yes, yes. This <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like was staged it. or planned here. Like, it actually was a coincidence. Oh, yes. I, I can confirm. They didn't even tell me. Like, I just found it on Handshake one day. Yeah. And I was like, I work there. Because, like, the I original plan, I think you just planned on coming back in that same role you had. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty much it. Yeah. yeah. Um... But yeah, so I saw the, I initially found out about it. I saw the listing on Handshake. It was for a um, project management graduate assistant yeah. who was, um, whose main purpose was going to be assisting in the prison program that we have at LaunchNet. Mm-hmm. So I'll talk about that next, I guess. <sighs> yeah, Caitlin goes yes. to prison. <laughs> yes, I know you, you both are very excited to hear I me am. talk about prison. Yeah. <laughs> Virtual prison. Virtual prison, She's yes. not actually going into prison, guys. Yeah. Yes. Um, so Kent State, as a university, has a program called 2 Plus 2, where um, Kent State students who are currently incarcerated at Trumbull Correctional Institution can actually earn a bachelor's degree while they are incarcerated. Um, so LaunchNet is a partner of that program, and we support the students there by giving them the same entrepreneurial resources that we would give to our students here at Kent State. Um, So, yeah, what I've been doing for that in particular has been creating mainly workshop content and facilitating speaker dates 
for um, the students there. Mm. So and you've been recruiting the speakers. As part yeah, of that. Mm. yeah, with, with some help from you guys, of course. <laughs> We just make the reference. You're the one who puts it all together. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so basically what that looks like is I'll bring in a speaker or I will just present a workshop myself um, for an hour and a half on some Fridays throughout the semester. Um, and then I'll get to talk to the students. They'll get to ask questions and we'll provide them with those entrepreneurial resources that they, they can get access to. Yeah, so. which they normally wouldn't have access to in right. that position. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, it's really great. I'm, I've become like so super passionate about it since I started it, yeah. for sure. Because um, one of the reasons that we do this program and that LaunchNet is a partner of the 2 plus 2 program is because, as you can imagine, it's really hard for incarcerated individuals after their incarceration ends to seek out traditional employment. Mm-hmm. Um, so where LaunchNet comes in is we want to provide them with those entrepreneurial resources and that background in order to get them ready to start a business themselves so they don't have to rely on traditional employment. Um, but it's also more so just about enforcing the entrepreneurial mindset, which some tenets of that mindset are just like not giving up, um, learning from setbacks, like finding opportunities in everything pretty much. So if we can enforce those tenets into the minds of the students, Mm -hmm. then that will be very helpful for them after they are done with their incarceration. For sure. I actually had the opportunity to sit in on one of the sessions a couple weeks ago now, but it was just so cool to see the students are so engaged with the content that like Caitlin is presenting and the speakers are putting out there. Like they want to be there. They want to learn. They want to get as much as they can out of it. So mm-hmm. I feel like they can apply it even where they're at currently and then afterwards, too. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. No, you're so right. They're so they're so talkative. Oh, that's great. They are. They're they great. love to engage. That's great. They do love to engage. They ask very, very good questions. Yeah. Too. Yeah, questions, it's cool to see. Yeah, questions that, like, I don't know. I Like, I, even I wouldn't have thought of if I would have been just listening to the speaker oh. in a class or something. Well, um, yeah, you guys are also coming from very different backgrounds. And I feel like right. yeah. a lot of the clients we typically interact with on a daily basis are, like, undergraduate students. Right. Yeah. So I'm sure that's interesting for you coming from that advising role for that main demographic to now helping these, like, old, typically older individuals who are mm-hmm. incarcerated. Yeah. No, it's very different. But at the end of the day, I think helping people in general with entrepreneurial ventures um, – there's so much overlap there right. and it's it's just a great environment to be in yeah so your passion yeah. for it comes through oh. yeah <laughs> yeah in every scenario it's kind of um the same no matter like who i'm working with it's right. like at the end of the at the end of the day the main goal is to launch the business right or mm-hmm. pursue the opportunity right um so i can always tell when someone is really like passionate about what they're doing they have that entrepreneurial spirit within them Mm -hmm. um because that will always shine through even in like a an initial venture meeting yeah Yeah. so yeah very cool that's awesome going off that entrepreneurial spirit which you very heavily embody (laughs) of course you've participated in so many different pitch competitions here on campus and off campus yeah i'm making my job (laughs) yeah literally (laughs) you should get paid to be doing these and sometimes you do sometimes Not only have you participated, but you've won quite a few as well. So Mm -hmm. how did you get so comfortable just, like, going up there and talking in front of people? Oh, wow. Well, I 
as as we um, touched on in the beginning, I've led many lives. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So many of those lives involved public speaking. Mm-hmm. So um, I think it was honestly just kind of natural for me because mm, I started acting <laughs> when I was little. Yeah. Um, I did a lot of different things. I did theater, like at my school, I did community theater. And then later down the line, I did um, a tad bit of professional theater um, in high school. But I started all of that when I was around six years old. So, um, yeah, I did theater for probably over a decade. (laughs) I was playing with Barbies. Together. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um, I don't know. It was just something I was so passionate about. So. Um, from from a very like young age, I was kind of used to being in front of crowds, being on stages and things like that. Um, then when I got older, I kept doing theater and acting all throughout mm-hmm. um, my childhood and as a teenager. Then I was a cheerleader in high school. <laughs> so, <Woo. laughs> oh yeah, I had to be loud for that. I was the loudest cheerleader for sure. <laughs> oh shoot. Oh yeah. <laughs> there was no question about it. You were just but passionate. I was. I loved it. It was great. But again, lots of being in front of crowds, things like that. Mm-hmm. Right. I also did marching bands oh. as well. Interesting okay. combination. Well, I know. What did you do? I played the mellophone. Whoa. What is that? Okay, yeah, so. I, I don't know. <laughs> do you guys know what a French horn is? Yes. yes. It's like the twisty one. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. of this. Um, well, it's very hard to hold French horns standing up, and it's even harder to, like, march with them. Yeah. So they have the mellophone, which is an adapted version of a French horn, but it's oh. for marching bands specifically. Ooh. Interesting. Um, it basically looks like a giant trumpet. Okay. So but it's a little bit bigger, and it sounds like a French horn. Oh, huh. cool. So but it is a different instrument. All of, like, the fingerings for the notes right. are all different. Oh. They're, they're trumpet fingerings, actually. So you have to, like, it was always oh. so awkward doing the French horn and then having to switch because I would be like, oh, I'm, I'm messing up. Yeah. Wait, so did you have to, like, practice on the French horn? And then you played the mellophone, like, for marching purposes, or? Yeah, kind of. We did marching bands in the football season. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I would be playing the mellophone for all of football season. Right. And then concert band started, because marching band was over. Oh, so I played the French okay. horn for that. Oh. Was it confusing? Was it like oh, it was between? so confusing. I was like, Shoot. it took, like, at least a week to get used to it again, because I was like, yeah. yeah. And I've been playing the French horn for a while, though. I think I started Do you still in, like, play? seventh grade. No. I mean, I, I know how to play. I don't think I'll ever forget. Yeah. Because yeah. it's just, man, it was it's ingrained, ingrained in yeah. me. <laughs> it was. It was so ingrained in me. Um, but they're expensive, and I, I do not own one. So, okay. But if you gave me one, I could definitely, like, play it. So. <laughs> yeah, I just have one lying around. <laughs> I'll give it to you. Yeah, we could scavenge one together. But, yeah, um, all of these experiences, circling back to the question. Right. Again. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, all of these experiences combined... Um, I was just very used to being on stage in front of people before. Yeah. Like, when I did professional theater, I performed at the Akron Civic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would perform, like, at max capacity of that wow. theater. So it was, like, it was over, That's like, so a thousand wild. people at the time. That couldn't be me. Oh, my God. I'd <laughs> cry. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> yeah. So it was just all of those experiences. Um, the only thing was learning how to actually, like, pitch and put together. Right. Um, a good pitch that would convey the business idea yeah. well, which is something that I kind of learned how to do um, with the help of LaunchNet and also just in my undergraduate program. Right. Um, that took some getting used to, I would say. But then once I got the hang of that, the actual like public speaking part was not 
that difficult for me personally. Well, that's okay. great. Yeah. Like, a lot of practice. Yeah. yeah. It's like, into it. like the, what do they call it? Like the submersive thing where you just like pushed right into it. So like, you're not like afraid of it. Yeah. Oh, I'm like, I wish Ooh, I like did immersion that. therapy. Immer- immersion, not submersion. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> submersive. I we got with you, man. It's fine. <laughs> it close. Because like, I know like there's a bunch of people that are like, probably have like great pitches, but like, just like they can't do it in front yeah, of me. Oh, yeah. It's, no it's scary. scary. Like, like, yeah. Sometimes I'm like, guys, I have a presentation. And like, that's my major, just like giving presentations. It's like, I can't do it. I know. It's scary. Yeah, it's scary. And I'm like, these are, it's like in front of 18 people. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> like, while Caitlin's like just <laughs> acting in front of a thousand, thousands, <laughs> thousands of people, like spotlight on you. And I'd do you feel like you go into a different persona when you're like pitching? A little bit. Oh. Yeah. It is a little bit like it's very similar to just acting kind of. Right. Whereas it's something I've rehearsed so many times. Mm. This is where Zach, our director, and I. (laughs) Shout out Zach. (laughs) Shout out Zach. (laughs) We have a differing opinion on how pitches should be done. Oh, yes. I'm familiar with this debate. Yes, 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 yes. Um, He is of the opinion that you should not memorize and you should just like. Right know your content and just yeah you just improv exactly whereas i you know being like a childlike actor not like famous but like (laughs) you know what i mean like being a theater kid i guess is more of an appropriate term Mm -hmm. i'm a memorizer so Mm -hmm. yeah do you think your perspective on that changed with the improv workshop that zach led maybe a little bit but i'm i'm still gonna memorize Do you think it helps more to memorize than just going off the, like, just with the flow? Mm Because I know, like, I feel like if I went with, like, the flow, then I'd just mess up because I don't really, I feel like I need to memorize certain points. Like, you don't know where to go next. Yeah, like, I feel like I need to have something memorized rather than just, like, going just straight off. Like, I I get, Mm -hmm. like, an elevator pitch, like, if it was just, like, casually, like, if I'm running into somebody and, like, introducing myself, like, Mm -hmm. I get improv. But like a competition yeah oh. yeah it's a whole other level no yeah. um definitely i think for, it depends on the person really right for me um memorization helps the best but for someone else they might be more comfortable doing the improv which respect right um but yeah if you if you run into someone in an elevator and literally have to give an elevator pitch in that mm-hmm. moment i don't know i have full confidence in myself that i could do that you yeah. could yeah but um, so I, I do get, I'm the same way, I get the improv techniques there, yeah. but at the same time, like, in a competition, right? you have one shot. I yeah. mean, I guess you have one shot in real life, too, but right. it's, it's more There's more at stake yeah. with the competition. Like, it's literally a competition. Right. Exactly. Most like, the, of the funding could be make or break. Right. Yeah. So, um, at that point, I'm, I'm going to memorize my pitch. Like, if I have time to prepare, why mm-hmm. wouldn't I take my time to prepare? Yeah. Yeah. Very true. So you were um, talking about, like, starting up your business and mm-hmm. how, like, they're obviously, like, starting a business, obviously there's going to be some challenges and you're going to run into some things. Yeah. Um, and you were also doing Technicolor at the same time. Um, but what do you think, like, was the hardest part of starting your business? Just Ooh. high and hug. This is such a good question. Because. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> we came up with it. Oh. You came up with it. Yeah. <laughs> you got um, it. I would say the hardest decision was actually making that pivot and that 
that really important decision right. to stop focusing on Technicolor and focus on High and Hook instead. Yeah. That was the hardest part for me mm-hmm. because in my, okay, so the way that the entrepreneurship program is set up, there's three classes that are your like main classes throughout your junior and senior year. Mm-hmm. You take a class called New Venture Creation at the end of your junior year. Um, and that one is basically you're writing intensive, you're writing a business plan, you're planning the business, you're going through all of those different steps. And then in your senior year, you have entrepreneurial experience one and two in the fall and spring. Um, And those ones are the execution of the business. So you have to make milestones and keep up with them and things like that. And that's where you are supposed to start generating revenue and everything like that. Um, So I touched on this a little bit earlier, but my journey was I did Technicolor for New Venture Creation. Mm -hmm. And then for that next fall semester, I actually did Technicolor as well. Like that's what I did all my presentations on in class. Mm -hmm. And that's what I was building towards because I was too stubborn to let it go. (laughs) Even in like, I want to say the summer, I realized that I was hitting all of these roadblocks and that probably was not going to work out the way that I wanted it to. Right. But I kept pushing and I kept being stubborn and I was like, ah, no, well, if I make this pivot, if I make this little change, maybe, maybe I can get product out. Maybe I can launch this business. But eventually I did realize, as I mentioned earlier, I was straying too far away from the original idea, um, which is something you don't want as an entrepreneur. It's important to pivot and to adjust to change, but you don't want to be too far away Mm -hmm. because I was losing my passion for it at that point Mm -hmm. which the passion is the backbone of the idea so if you lose that then the business is not going to be successful right so I would honestly say that this is something very specific to me I think a lot of other entrepreneurs would have different challenges that were more pressing for them but making that initial switch was definitely the hardest Mm -hmm. yeah because after I did that things became so much easier actually (laughs) Because crocheting is something that I know how to do, like, back and forth, right? Yeah. It's something I really know the ins and outs of. Like, I I do learn more, like, every single time I make something new. Mm -hmm. But it's something that I'm very competent in, very advanced in. So I had full autonomy and creative freedom over the production process. Mm -hmm. Which even for a lot of my peers in the entrepreneurship program and even a lot of clients that I've seen come through LaunchNet that's not always true. They don't always have that um, control over the process, but I was controlling everything from the production of the product to the finances, to the sales channels, the marketing, um, how it was reaching the customer, like every single step of the process. Mm -hmm. So I think my business was very unique in that way because that's not always the case for every entrepreneur starting up. Um, And that was one of your biggest holdups with Technicolor. Yeah, was that yeah exactly the um i didn't control the production in particular so it was very hard to find like a good manufacturer and eventually i just had to table that yeah yeah and as i said i would love to revisit it one day when i have more resources yeah um to do so but high and hook was just the i want to say the smart decision or it was it was like the obvious decision to make but then i did hit kind of not a wall but a difficulty Mm -hmm. because I was in my last semester of the entrepreneurship program when I decided to do this so basically I had to do in one semester what I already had two semesters to do previously oh yeah 
So, but I think I did it by the end of the day. I think I accomplished a lot, so. Yeah. I think so. And also, this is something you've taken so much farther than just mm-hmm. your degree, you right. know? Yeah, absolutely. That was really important to me, for yeah. sure, building something that would last beyond my degree, because not every single person in my degree program, like many of them didn't continue with their businesses right? Mm-hmm. past the degree program. That's kind of sad because it's like, yeah. where's your passion for it? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm sure at the end of the day, they'll go on and do other entrepreneurial things. Right. Yeah. Um, but that, that was definitely something that I wanted to get out of it was to have a business that I could pursue past the degree. Yeah. yeah. And that's so. awesome. Yeah, I'm for glad sure. that I was able to do that, for sure. Yeah. yeah, so you were talking about how you, like, came with that roadblock between, like, the decision process. Mm-hmm. Would you say, like, that was, like, a big lesson that you learned is, like, that you sometimes just got to let things go? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, I can't remember where I heard this quote. Maybe it was from, like, a LinkedIn post or something. <laughs> but I heard someone say once, like, that they won't trust an entrepreneur if they haven't failed at least like three times right or if they haven't had at least like three failed businesses yeah so which is a little intense in my opinion but you know i I get the sentiment of the statement because it's like part of being an entrepreneur is failing Mm -hmm. and a lot of people don't like to accept that but yeah. I would totally consider Technicolor a failure. Like, I'm not ashamed of it anymore. <laughs> I wouldn't think it's a failure. I just think it's because you said that you would come back to it and yeah. you would circle back around. It was just, you're busy. Maybe one day. It wasn't the time. It wasn't, it wasn't the, time. the time. You're yeah. on the right path. <laughs> but yeah, part of being an entrepreneur is turning failures into opportunities. Yeah. So yeah. I think in circling back to it one day, I could definitely do that. I love sure. that. But yeah, don't be afraid to fail. Yeah. Great advice. Uh, how would you describe an entrepreneur then? I think oh. you know we like to ask everyone this <laughs> question. I think we definitely asked you. Like I definitely asked you this question. Oh, last definitely. Time. I don't. I don't remember what I said. Oh, me neither. Well, Maybe it'll be similar. Yeah. Yes, please do. Um, I would describe an entrepreneur as someone who is determined, passionate about what they're doing, someone who can leverage their existing strengths identify opportunities and everything and overcome obstacles mm-hmm. or at least learn from obstacles that they encounter. Yeah. Yeah. I think I literally just quoted a PowerPoint that I made. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Just refer us quote yourself. Got it. That's okay. It's your content. Yeah. Um all right. Well, those are all the regular questions that we have <laughs> oh for God, you. Rapid the fire. legitimate questions. Now, now here are the real, real questions. Okay, um, I'm ready. The rapid fire. Okay, vampires or werewolves? Vampires, obviously. We know it. Yeah, we know it. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Oh, we didn't even talk about makeup. Oh my God. We didn't. With this next rapid fire, let's go into that, shall we? Okay. Okay. So, makeup eyes, glam or gore? Gore. <laughs> 10 out of 10, but both. I love both, but gore. So sure. leading off of that. Yeah. yeah, just a little like side piece. Yeah, let's, because a lot of, one of your goals is to get into like uh, SFX makeup. And, oh, like, absolutely. Like go to school for that. So how did that whole makeup journey start? What would you like to do with that? Oh, yeah. You're in a makeup class right now too. Oh, I am. so awesome. Yeah. Thank you to LaunchNet for my graduate assistantship because that means since I have 
a little bit of tuition coverage mm -hmm. um, that I can take some fun classes for the first time in my college career. I've never gotten Aww. to take classes for fun. I'm so excited for you. Um, so yeah, one of those classes that I'm taking is through the theater college. It is a stage makeup course. Um, so I've been doing a bunch of really, really fun things this semester. It's definitely my favorite class. I mean, it's 10 times more fun than any of my MBA classes. No offense <laughs> to the MBA program. But yeah, I would say makeup is something that I have just, oh, I've loved for such a long time. Mm -hmm. Like, this is going to sound crazy, but I've probably been wearing makeup every single day or like almost every single day since I was like, I want to say like nine or 10 years old. Shoot. Okay. It started with me being in an emo phase. Yeah. So, uh, we've all course. been there. Classic, yeah. the Classic. black liner. Absolutely. But um, through that process, I like started to find like all of the traditional like makeup YouTubers of the time. Um, I started seeing what people were doing with it and how it was so much more than just like beauty, but it was an art form. Right. Yeah. And it was, you could be so creative with it. Yeah. And so at the same time, I was really into horror, along with the emo thing. <laughs> I was very into like horror movies. I watched American Horror Story a lot when I was like 11. Which oh, oh, 11. I should not have been watching it. Sure. I don't think my mom Probably knew what it was not. about. <laughs> <laughs> but all of those things I like introduced me to the concept of SFX makeup or special yes. effects makeup. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but yeah, so it's something that almost makes me very nostalgic. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's something that I, I just love so much. Yeah. I think, I don't know. Up until this point, I've kind of been self-taught besides what I'm learning in my makeup class now, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, but my goal with that is to eventually enter the industry and have a career as an SFX makeup artist, hopefully someday. Yeah. Um, I was actually looking into an SFX school in Pennsylvania after I finished mm. my MBA. So hopefully More that'll school. work out. <laughs> yes. Yay. But it'll be fun a different school. Fun school. Yeah. yeah. Actually, yeah. Yeah. It'll be a different kind of school. Yeah. And we saw one of your recent um Man. like SFX gore looks that you did for class. Like I was mm -hmm. actually scared. I looked at it and oh, I was like, man. ew. But like in the best way. <laughs> Thank best you. way I but love I was when like, people I can't say that. Look at that. <laughs> yeah, like it looked so legit. I was like, oh my god like who hurt you I like know. when yeah. did this happen like i'm not like i hate like blood and gore and like i can't i was like i literally i was like i that's really good but i can't like, <laughs> take it away <laughs> take it away <laughs> no in real life me too i actually have like a really bad fear of blood oh like if i see blood true. i'll get queasy and i'll like pass out how do you work with fake blood then yeah oh if it's fake it's fine I don't know. Okay. I saw fake blood the other day, and I was like, ooh. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's looking a little too like real. I need to sit down. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's so cool. I think, like, makeup's so cool. I love it. It's, like, an expression, and you could be, like, as creative as you want to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wait, who are some of the, like, uh, beauty gurus on YouTube that you watch? <gasps> yeah. Because um, I was into them, too. Yeah. I want to say back in the day yeah. yeah okay guys you can't judge me or cancel me for this because this was back in the day shoot i'm so excited this was like years and years ago i okay. watched james charles a no, lot i knew you were gonna say that that's so, so of valid. course he was he was valid. like valid. he was huge yeah he was yeah. huge he, um he still is he's just yeah controversial yeah. not anymore i don't watch any of these people anymore okay i should put that oh disclaimer. are they all all canceled yeah pretty much, <laughs> oh, pretty much. Okay. Them, yeah. um jeffree star yeah mm. watched yeah. a lot of his videos Definitely. His reviews were really entertaining. No, I think he's still kind of funny. Like, he's just so He real. is funny. He's just straight up. Like He's crazy. He's yeah. insane. Yeah. Um, and then Tati Westbrook. Yeah. Oh. Well. Like, wow. Not that Wait, trio. Little. 
No, they're all so like yeah. Um, yeah. Do you know when Tati and James were having their like huge feud? Oh yeah, yeah I was there. Uh, I was there too. It was so funny because I was um, working with a different company at the time. It was a startup. We'd pull up for the day, put the video on, and we would just sit there watching. Shoot. Like, oh what is the God. update today? No, it's crazy. But like those three, I would say, were some of my main inspirations. Yeah, because they were like huge too yeah. back in the day. Yeah, definitely. There was um, a lot of other smaller creators right now. I don't watch any of them anymore okay. again just to reiterate <laughs> no yeah that's well you really also fun. said like back in the day and for me there's like a very different back in the day of oh, the I'm beauty sure. gurus because <laughs> i'm like oh they're kind of recent but i'm like oh, oh dang it. yeah nowadays though i watch glow up which is a show on oh Netflix. yeah oh yeah it's so entertaining isn't that with the Gigi, or is that somebody else i think it's somebody else dang it <laughs> so I'm thinking but it's else. good I love when they're like oh are you talking about next in fashion oh maybe that makes more sense with yeah. Gigi Hadid. I haven't seen that one I've not seen that one either but I've seen her in the like, I promo I just knew it <laughs> yeah uh, but I love when they're like shall we have a conflab yeah like, a conflab yeah it's like they're like little side convo when they're like judging oh but I, they always say conflab they're British I love British people <laughs> you just knew you knew they were British <laughs> just from that Conflab. But anyways, question three. Um, five seconds of summer or One Direction? One, one Direction. <gasps> oh. Ooh, I thought it was going to be five seconds of summer. Me too. You saw Listen, them this summer. I did see five seconds of summer. This is like heresy. This is like betrayal. Wow. But uh, honestly, <laughs> okay. So when I was in my emo phase, Five Seconds of Summer was really, really big, but I was never into them. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was never into One Direction either, actually, until high school. Yeah. But I've never been, like, a One Direction fan. Okay. Like, not of the people. I know nothing about the members. Like, yeah. I kind of know their names, and I could probably connect the name Every to the face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, no, it's just music. Just love, yeah. I love One Direction's music. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, like, it's so much. Like, their whole discography. Im- immaculate. Amazing. Yeah. Whereas, Five Seconds of Summer, like, I got into them, Yeah. I don't know. Probably they had some hits. Yeah, probably a little I wasn't, like, in them in them. Yeah. yeah. I, like, think I've listened to, like, four songs. I'm like, yeah, this is kind of good. Heartbreak Girl. They had one good album, in my opinion. Yeah. The was, one with Heartbreak Girl. It was I don't, the old emo album, yeah. The one that yeah. was, like... I'm not going to start. <laughs> that was the one. <laughs> I'm not going to start singing. We'll play some later. Yeah. They had a good concert, but, though. Oh, yeah. I feel like but. One Direction, though, like, they had only bangers. Like, oh, I was just for like, sure. yeah. I was like, one for after sure. the other. I was like, okay. So good. But I was like the same. I didn't really listen to them, like, religiously. Yeah. Like, everybody was like, One Direction. Oh, I was a Zane girl. You would yeah. be a Zane girl. <laughs> Makes sense. I was a Nile girl. Really? <laughs> <laughs> um, he's a natural brunette, so. Oh, thank God. <laughs> but he was blonde. He was. Oh. <laughs> um. <laughs> All right, number four. Anyways. Yes. Who inspires you? Oh, so many people. My mind automatically went to My Chemical Romance because I think we, we were just talking on the emo oh, thing. Yeah. So, love My Chemical Romance. Got it. Great yes. band. So. Where did you see them? Jersey? Seattle? Jersey. Jersey. Because mm-hmm. they're from Jersey. So oh, they're like, from Jersey. I didn't know that. Yeah. Jersey. They got out. They um, did. So, this is the last and final rapid fire. It's pretty open-ended. Yeah. So, go okay. with it where you want. Yeah. Um, Twilight. 
<laughs> wow. My childhood. Okay. <laughs> um, Rob Pattinson. Wow. Yeah. What a guy. He's a guy for sure. <laughs> I was just about to say that. <laughs> he sure is. Um, I have mixed feelings about Stephanie Meyer. Mm. Yeah. I really, we talked about this in the unaired team podcast <laughs> that can never be released. Yeah, we know a little bit too much. Um, um, yeah. It was an experience for sure. Yeah. But <laughs> we talked about Stephanie Meyer a little bit there. Yeah. I just mm-hmm. think so many things about the Twilight Universe do not make sense. Right. Yes. And I, I'm very curious. I would love to ask. Um, but yeah, Twilight was literally my childhood. I remember, um, I think eclipse the movie eclipse came out on my birthday when oh, i was like six years old that's and six. i went it was, it was something like that it was like six or seven i went to see it in theaters you did a lot from like five to seven. I, oh, i did it was the prime of my like life birth to now like everything <laughs> no i was like i was an acting i was a pageant girl back then like it was it was a lot you did everything pageant girl. for Whoa. a brief i did a brief stint as a ba- as a pageant girl wow oh so toddlers and tiaras not toddlers. I was I was like six. <laughs> okay, still little. Yeah. Yeah. You were still wee. Wow. Okay, so you went to see Eclipse at six. Yeah. In the theater. <laughs> my that is correct. Like, tenth, I want to say it was like my tenth or ninth birthday party was Breaking Dawn themed, and I had. Wow, that's so did you valid. have the wedding? I did not have the wedding, but do you <laughs> know that um, there was this dress that Bella wears in New Moon during her like birthday party scene okay um that's like this green is that when she cuts herself and everyone goes crazy yep it's that scene i had a custom replica of that dress made for my birthday oh my god do you still have it yeah Uh oh i could probably squeeze into it (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean you could try you make a crochet one a crochet version oh oh Oh, that's going on the idea board later that'd be good you're welcome Thank you, Sydney. New inspiration. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Wow. I, like, didn't really watch the Twilight movies. Like, I literally don't. I watched a little bit of the first one and mm-hmm. then the last one. The last yeah, one I was okay. You only, missed a little bit. Uh, the last <laughs> one I was only there for, like, bit. the fight scene. And I was like. <laughs> oh, that was crazy. Have you seen the baseball scene? Oh, yeah. No, okay. I've just, like, seen clips of it. And I, like, okay. I, I just, like, have never Love been, like, I, I wish that I could be invested, but I think it was, like, too far gone, you know? Yeah. Like, I, I watched okay. it, it and I was like, oh, man, what? <laughs> it's not for everybody. I probably wouldn't like it if I hadn't been watching it since no, I was, like, yeah. literally a child. Yeah. So valid. It was imprinted on you. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> you did not. You imprinted on my daughter? <laughs> like, like that's like such and a, he nicknamed her after the Loch Ness monster. Like he Nessie K. Like oh man, that's like definitely a question. She makes me she question was so Team real Jacob. for being mad about that. Oh, hundred percent. Next, I would be pissed. Like, in the first like uh, movie, didn't he have like long hair? Oh yeah. yeah. Like makes me question where the fight was on like Team Jacob no, and listen. Team Edward. <laughs> listen, <laughs> don't you even say it. <laughs> I was on Team Jacob. Oh, would be. Yeah. You guys, I have a type. T- like, we know. Zane girl, <laughs> Team Jacob. <laughs> I don't, I wasn't on a team because I didn't really know the teams. So I was like, it's okay. Team yeah. Edward. I guess. Um, also, like, she was 18 getting married and yeah. having this baby, I this mean, vampire baby. Yeah, and it's like, yeah. her dad was like okay with it. Like, 
so crazy. Okay. Oh, her dad was, uh, I mean, her dad wasn't, like, okay with it. Yeah. But he like, just, like, <laughs> dealt with it. That's, like, he the only thing. He deal with it, yeah. I'm, like, that's, like, so unrealistic. Poor Charlie. Oh, 100%. <laughs> like, the whole entire movie's vampires and were- werewolves. <laughs> her dad was okay with her getting married at 18. <laughs> unrealistic. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what a We time. need to ask Stephanie Meyer about that, specifically. Yeah. Let's get Stephanie on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, like, Stephanie. Hey. I'll, then I'll watch all the movies and be like, okay. You're going to have to. <laughs> like, I have questions. Yeah. Um, well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that's all we got. So do you want to shout out your business? Of course. So once again, my business is called High and Hook. You can follow me on Instagram at hy.and.hook. Or you can check out my website at highandhook.com. Yeah, awesome. awesome. Thank you so much, yeah, Caitlin. Thank you. Thank for you. Being here. I had a fantastic time. This is so oh my fun. Gosh. Yeah, it's like the second, like the second one. Yeah. Like you've already accomplished so much. Like, and we've learned so much more about your lives. Oh my yeah. gosh. So many lives. Definitely <laughs> some changes have been made since my last podcast. Yeah. So I'm glad All I was positive, able, though. Yeah. Glad yeah. I was able to come on here, set the record straight. Yes, yeah. for sure. <laughs> set the record straight. <laughs> okay <laughs> time to go <laughs> yeah um well thank you um anyways let's get after it 